I don't know why people even tell me what Donald Trump is saying anymore, because whatever it is, it sounds the same, which is, well, just do an experiment for me. Go to the bathroom, get all comfortable, take your phone and put it up to the toilet as you are taking a nice shit. Then play it back, and I'm pretty sure you're going to be like, that's the fucking president. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Oak House Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Vicariously Merlin, where we are going to be covering episodes 11 and 12 of season two. I have watched the entirety of Merlin. Granted, it's been quite some years since I've dipped in and our feedbackers will be watching this for the first time. So I am excited to get into these two episodes. They weren't bad. They were on the better level. They weren't perfect. There were of course some some issues but on the whole I enjoyed them. We'll start with episode 11 The Witch's Quickening which was written by Jake Michi and directed by Alice Troughton. It premiered December 5th of 2009, and I gave this one a 7 out of 10. This was definitely a turning point episode for Morgana. She's been on the back seat for at least the last five episodes, dealing with the fact that she is just finding out she has powers, that she is a sorceress, that she has magic, I should say, not powers. And that it is creating a sort of mental identity crisis. And there's so much to mind there that I think sometimes this show doesn't do as a good a service to what they could have. Although they do put enough crumbs in there for me to be invested in the storyline. It's a balancing act that doesn't always tip in the favorable scale and while it may not be the most popular opinion I really do like Katie McGrath's turn as a villain because I do feel she begins as a sympathetic villain and then you learn to hate her unlike like Joffrey which I can make that reference now and Mimi understands that is just an absolute douchebag of the earth and just needs to die Well, this episode begins with the Druids laying a trap for some Camelot Knights because they are going to take their gear and their entourage so that they can imitate the actual caravan that was going into Camelot. But I was very surprised to see in their squad was none other than Mordred. You're mad! I'm back! Big mad! He's mad! She's mad! Of course, Force-sensitive or magic-sensitive Merlin knows that they're on the premises as soon as they get to the castle grounds, realizes that they're going to Morgana's room, which should have been a really easy... (laughs) Well, they could have been there to kill Uther. Lord knows killing him is, is the number one thing on the table. But I think it was really cool that he can telepathically read Mordred's mind the way that Mordred can talk to him I'm not sure if we needed that explained but just another thing Merlin can do and it also comes back to the end of this episode which we'll get into I'll I'll save that for the dragon 
he runs into Arthur, who for some reason questions why the intruders would go to Morgana's room because it's not like recently she was not kidnapped by said druids and you killed a whole camp because of it. So I'm not sure why it was needed to have Arthur be so wary that Merlin saw these people skulking around or in Morgana's room. They set this up to have tension between the characters sometimes and it's not necessary and it's stupid. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the largest break-in of someone's bedroom I have ever seen, this conversation was ridiculously long. Alarm bells are going off which would say there's some urgency to speaking with Morgana. No, you got Mordred's on the bed. He's comfortable being petted. You know, first and foremost, what the fuck you got on Morgana? Who goes to sleep dolled up like that? That don't make no damn sense. And then you have Alvar. Is it Alvar or Al Alvar? I can't remember. He's talking about how he was hunting his whole life, giving some, uh, you know, story. I mean, he definitely was the um, the Marco Inaros <laughs> of Merlin because he's talking about his whole entire struggle and Uther's tyranny and she's just nodding her head like, yeah, you know, this all sounds exactly what I should hear at fucking 4 a.m. in the morning while the warning bells in the castle are going off no one thought that i'm surprised morgana or not morgana gwen didn't check on her but then i remember that gwen probably does not sleep at the castle at night which would she just get up and go well i guess i would do that too like fuck it if i got a bed to sleep in i'm not sitting in this fucking cot (laughs) next to you but that's not what servants typically did just saying but as if she did not witness a massacre to say hey maybe we should have this conversation like you got to me cool maybe we should have a follow-up because you know it's been 15 minutes and they're still searching for you but you don't seem to be in a rush he tells her hey we need this thing it's this crystal and it's in the vault of uther's and she's like yeah you'll never get through the vault it's impregnable you're so dumb you are really dumb there were moments like this where i wanted to slap the living shit out of morgana and her intelligence level but then i realized and i had to it wasn't until the conversation she was having later on with alver and realizing just how well he is playing her it her her position as uther's ward set her up to be the perfect pawn in this game between magic and uther and of course you would want to have someone like Morgana on your side. Bringing Morgana was smart. It was even probably Mordred's idea. She's a little fond of me if you make your your case while I'm standing there, which is exactly what happens. I won't be able or she won't be able to resist helping me cuz she's already risked death and a whole bunch of my comrades for that. The moment though when she looks deeply into his eyes and it's fallen for him after five minutes. I'm an adult virgin. I was very disappointed that she did not herself think she was being played. But why would she? She's a spoiled, we're all child that has been under 
I mean, all she's been able to do is go on pilgrimage to her fucking father's grave. It did suck back then being a woman. <laughs> There's just no getting around that. And it's not like she was given an education because that's not something women were given at all. I was very put off by the fact that, you know, they set up Merlin to look stupid when it didn't even need to go down that way just so Arthur can shout at him like oh you're so fucking stupid Merlin clearly you had me looking like a fool coming in here trusting you that they were in this room and see no one's in here like I thought but as long as that bell was fucking ringing they could have come in got something and left and been gone by the time y'all got y'all asses there so I don't know why Merlin can't be shown to have at least a little bit more brain cells and able to like you're supposed to be protecting the king you're protecting this big old secret of your identity you got this whole fucking future and you can't tell a white lie that makes sense that that is infuriating infuriating then when you have another scene later on where he is legitimately right to be yelling at merlin for losing his key or having his key stolen which it was his duty to guard and make sure that his shit wasn't broken into that's a moment where yes you can have that tension and it feels right versus this one scene where it should not (sighs) and then they didn't you know Morgana's like no one's here and of course they take her word for it don't search the fucking chambers because they're right in there and then there's Merlin right outside the door listening to their whole conversation and she agrees to help them get the crystal which after it is stolen and Uther discovers it you have Merlin being flippant about it like okay I'm really angry at you by the fact that you failed in your duty and then your response is sorry and in a way that says I'm not the fact that Arthur then covered for his ineptness is meant to soften all of that yelling but his initial reaction to Merlin's behavior sometimes is valid and it gets I guess buried down in all of the times it's not and it makes the character of Arthur less empathetic every time they do it. I don't know why the show wants to do damage to its lead character when they do so much other good things that <laughs> contradict this. Ah, I just, eh. Of course, Merlin has to seek out the dragon for answers, and I know he has got to be exhausted. You know, I'm getting real tired of this, Luigi. I also do not understand all them books in your fucking library, guys. And you cannot ever have anything like knowledge. Every few minutes, you'll pop up with, hey, I know what this is. But every other time, like, what's going to fucking happen when this dragon, which we know from episode 12 or 13, or is it 12? I think it is 12, that the dragon gets out. What you going to do for when you need answers to shit? You should have been doing a lot more research. I get you ain't supposed to know some things, but damn. Can we at least have him consulting the scrolls or anything (laughs) other than walking down to this dragon who is so tired of him? And I love the fact that he's like, look, I keep telling you about the Morjid prophecy and how it's not good for you to allow 
him and Morgana to team up because that's gonna be a good boon on the side of evil but I did chuckle my ass off when he straight up clowned Morgana's ability to wield the crystal like that witch can't wield the crystal that was really that bitch can't <laughs> wield that crystal like she don't got the power I love the fact that he can't stand her with every fiber of his being and they never met cracks me up and he's like look you need it needs to be stopped at all costs this alliance so i know you ain't gonna follow my advice i don't know why i give it to you also how the hell did morgana not hear merlin behind her with all that fucking shuffling he was making seriously his sleuth skills are trash you know what else was trash morgana yelling at gwen to get the fuck out of her room If it wasn't for the fact that in the next scene that Morgana was like, the castle is going to wake up soon, I'll allow it because night turned into day and no one has noticed Morgana gone, but the last time they did, just, okay, I can believe it's 4 a.m. Not like that's not when most maids are out of their bed, but sure, sure. Maybe we'll go five, six, maybe they have late hours in, in Camelot. But she is talking to Alvar before she leaves about the fact that she's lonely and horny <laughs> and almost kisses the second man to like her, say the right things, and know she has magic. She needs to get some pride. And this one, I was like, wait a minute. This is exactly why she makes the perfect pawn. She is sheltered. She is hiding this huge secret. So she feels isolated you know she doesn't have a lot of friends Gwen is not a friend to Morgana the way in which Merlin is a friend to Arthur and I think it shows between the differing relationships but they were at least friendly enough for clearly like I said in season one I felt that friendship was kind of there because she went to bat for Gwen's father and I think that she does care for Gwen but like you can see her turning in this episode where she's not in her like I'm not thinking about you as far as someone I can confide the secret in she is even cut off from that person she did have that open relationship with so yeah I could see all of this festering deep down her feeling so depressed so scared so terrified about being found out because she knows Uther who's supposed to love her will kill her because he makes no bones about the fact that everything that has magic will be murdered or you know hung either way and Alvar used this conniving to his uh, advantage as well as his looks as well as his closeness as well as you know exactly what she's feeling and I love the fact that he he um kind of stated as much in the conversation with her like oh I know I've dealt with this feeling my whole life that you're just now dealing with and it's why he can easily play her too or not feel bad about it because he kind of sees her like oh well you've been living under the safety and you continue to live under the safety of Uther and while I get why you're doing what you're doing we're out here taking the risk and she understands that to a point and that's why they're able to get her to help merlin in the bushes like a fucking creeper 
I'm watching you, motherfucker. The scouts in this camp suck. Albert's girlfriend, I didn't get her name, but wasn't that the widow in Into the Badlands? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm just used to seeing her with red hair. Smart move on Gaius's part, I will say, to let Uther handle it. No, Merlin, you don't need to do anything. I'm just going to say I got a tip. That would make sense because that's something I do and have been doing. I got a tip. There's a druid play, uh, druid people out there in the in the wood and the marshlands. And of course, you know, he's appreciated for that. And he lets Uther handle. He sends Arthur, go with your knights. Morgana then deciding for some reason that she was going to approach Arthur like, oh, you don't need to do what dad with what your dad said because it's bullshit oh okay i'm glad that you became a military um uh, <laughs> what the fuck you mean it's one he just gave me a direct command and he didn't just give it to me okay he also gave it to the knights of camelot secondly you are the princess ward you this is not your business and he takes it in every time as oh you just care about me arthur no she does not well she does because at this point we see she has no hate against Arthur. She doesn't even really hate Merlin. She wants Uther destroyed. Everyone has the same focal idea. Uther is the problem. He needs to go down. Only problem Merlin has with this plan is Arthur loves his daddy. So Morgana goes to warn once again. And I will say this did turn out a little bit differently than the massacre wasn't a massacre of the druids this time but she did enable a lot of people to die (laughs) in order to be taken hostage but maybe this was a kind of test on his part but he seemed right or die he's like hey we don't stand and fight that's what i do that's my swag thank you for the warning but get the fuck out of here because the last thing they need is for them to know our secret weapon which is you and this is definitely the episode I realized that Morgana's outfits started to pop and the sex appeal of the evil witch started to trickle in which was a nice touch to her evolving maturity because you have Alvar who is giving her these sexy eyes and she's starting to feel like a woman being desired and she's starting to feel just like the title suggests which is quickening it's all kind of happening at the same time and he's putting her in this emotional state that's the perfect recipe for utilization merlin leads arthur and the knights to the druid camp even though they made uh they made efforts to try to derail him but it's a trap and then all merlin does is trip mordred with that little branch what the hell was that supposed to do just like you tripped him last time then watches actionless mind you as he kills two knights just like he did last time he's fucking useless then they have this little square off where he's like emrys i won't forgive or forget this oh now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up you have fucked up now now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up and then merlin just lets this boy once again in his cloak disappear into the night 
bitch you need to start making some life choices you know the dragon's like this is going to be the downfall of arthur kill him kill him now kill morgana now save yourself a lot of strife merlin i just can't i can't do it it's my kind i appreciate that despite his fuck-ups arthur still trusts merlin gives him the crystal even though he screwed up like i still trust you with my life and it kind of comes into play next episode without even trying (laughs) i love that merlin is able to wield this crystal he's like yeah i'm that much of a badass and i think that's why merlin it's moments like this you realize oh no he's fucking powerful like the dragon was laughing at the idea that anyone really he even said mordred yeah possibly albert eh, possibly merlin picks it up he ain't got even a struggle but he sees some terrible stuff fire a dragon's wrath in his own tears albert is then brought to uther because i did forget to say that arthur got the drop on him and he doesn't beg for mercy he confesses to everything he did and arthur sentences him to death and then we get the moment the moment it changed for uther and he knew he was in fucking trouble because morgana finally makes her stand she says you're a fucking tyrant you're a fool you're arrogant and that she disowns him don't want shit to do with him because he kills everything that's magic and he's tired of it she's tired of it or he's tired of it she's tired of it and when he says you will go to your room she says you will go to hell he was shook she asked gwen for a sleeping drought gwen's like sure i thought you had didn't have nightmares anymore oh they came back last night and then gwen did you see that understanding look like oh that's why you chewed my head off now i understand maybe this is what explaining your room uh explaining your mood but i do like in the next episode that gwen is starting to put some pieces together like eh, what is my mistress up to emboldened by this false love that she is tempted to go all in on well she has gone all in she drugs the knights of camelot slips that sleeping drought right in that wine gives homeboy a coded message and a key and lets him escape and when uther is told and she sneaks her ass in the back of the room he totally knows i mean after that speech there's only one because they're like they had inside help this is the second time they had inside help they ain't got away been on the premises and there's only one person up in his ear talking about you a fucking fool and i disown you but he don't got proof and he really don't want to believe that his ward really just betrayed him to his face like that so he tells the court instead if i ever find out who did it you will rue the fucking day the dragon tells merlin it is time to pay up and he tries to get him to come back and release him but merlin's like i can't because i saw the future and it looks bad well you're gonna have to deal with that future merlin because you can't stop asking the dragon for help which is what he does in the next episode season two episode 12 the fires of idra that's where we're going with written by julian jones directed by jeremy webb premiered what does that say 
December 12th of 2009. I gave this one a 7.8. A lot more action that I liked in this episode, although there were a few slow moments that I did not enjoy. But for the most part, I think everything is moving at a, a really good pace in respect to Morgana, who is not great at all at being a witch and a liar and a conniver which makes sense because like i said she's still at this point in the game a pawn between morgos a pawn between alvar mordred even got his paws into her she's just a thing she doesn't have agency yet so yes and of course she doesn't she's stuck too because she wants uther dead she has no beef with everyone else and so she's trying to cover for herself but also not risk the lives of like arthur or merlin who's keeping her secret Murgos in the beginning of this episode conjures some undead knights to go after uther pendragon and a herder comes forth to the court to tell him hey i've been seeing some crazy shit happening at that abandoned castle in idra so uther tells arthur you need to go check that shit out he's like why because this sounds like some superstitious bullshit but gaius lets merlin in on the fact that it is not superstitious bullshit that it is indeed tied to an event that happened where a sorceress had seduced some knights of camelot they became the knights of madeira which were undead unkillable knights and the only way to stop this spell was for the sorceress to die. Is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? You know Merlin had to be thinking that, right? He had to. It was very well pre... Um, what do you... What do you uh, shit, I forgot the fucking word. When you set up something to pay off later. Gaius is like, I'd be scared for us all. Gaius, you always scared. Where your nuts at? Because it's gone, bruh. Morgos is communicating with Morgana now, sending some messages via owls. <laughs> and Gwen notices the difference in her mistress and the fact that she had that note. Like, what the fuck is that? Oh, I'm just cold. She's like, uh huh. It's not the room that's colder, it's you. later on with that cloak i swear to god <laughs> the cloak and the night shots of morgana just you might as well buckle up it's a running drinking game and she meets up with her half sister in the woods under darkness the forecast says it's windy as fuck morgana then teams up with Morgos. i don't know if it was team up or more like <laughs> just do what i say you don't have to do anything i will take care of everything oh you hate uther now cool you want to see his downfall cool you don't mind that he will die okay great i'm glad to say uh, hear you say that because you need to sleep now go sleep Morgos uh then does the spell to make her the vessel for the madeira knights when she wakes in her bed the next day everyone in the castle has fallen under this magical sickness that makes you have a fever and go to sleep the knights against arthur once they get to the castle was actually pretty cool pretty dope action scene i really liked it also arthur's frustrated face every time he gets one of his nice kill moves in but it doesn't work because they're like fucking immortal 
Merlin then going back to back with him because he's like get out of here Merlin and doing the sacrifice thing and Merlin's like I'm not going nowhere and he tries <laughs> first he tries to do a last stand and then he pushes him like you fool you cannot do anything to help me besides lean against my back bye but Merlin thinks he's you know a partner in this and it's kind of sweet but at the same time also a little a little different a little pressing <laughs> he wants to be uh toe-to-toe with arthur as like seen as an equal but he's like never going to be but you're a servant fucking um merlin i feel like unlike gwen who's like you know i'm not shamed to serve there's a part of merlin that thinks he's better than serving there's definitely that in his um in his attitude arthur though being proud of merlin's first battle wound was adorable and precious and then him taking his own shirt and putting it over his wound the bromance feels were definitely felt there which was needed considering the previous scene where they had merlin saying this loud ass fucking spell right at his fucking shoulder like he could not hear that to get the bricks to collapse they get back to Camelot. Arthur taking the time to put Gwen in Morgana's bed it was equally special and precious and removing the hair. He's just like, this is my boo. How dare she be in the hallway on the floor? Arthur is no damn fool. I will say that when he's like, um, bitch, how are you awake? When he finds Morgana hiding behind a curtain like an idiot not only are you awake you saw nothing you did nothing you know nothing including where my father is and when he starts getting a little like come on this sounds like some bullshit you got merlin trying to cover for her once again talking about arthur she's distressed oh my god but that only put him off for a minute because Merlin does know like hey there's something must be about your magic or maybe that that band that Murgos gave you that's protecting you and not at all suspecting she might have something to do with this which is stupid Merlin's so stupid she wanted to kill Uther before and changed her mind and then you just saw her be up without you know she helped Alvar escape so why would you not think she would not be involved in this plan it is arthur who's like you need to stop with the fucking tears how do you not know anything merlin covers for her once again when she runs out of lies and says that she must be protected because gaius gave her a potion and so arthur sends merlin to go look for his potions and then he has to give the sword for give the sword to morgana to protect the father who is knocked out which is hysterical then when the knights show up with margos uh the little scene where they have to transport him through the hallway and he's snoring and then merlin cannot contain his mirth at the fact that he sounds like a pig and he's being dragged across the castle floor (laughs) and this is the king i mean i would kind of find it funny too if i did not nah i probably would still laugh i would i would it's it's funny especially when he went through the the apples was on like the apples was going on his head arthur telling morgana um he can tell when she lies (laughs) 
that's all that scene deserves of course merlin has to go to the dragon who ignores him really like i need your help oh i'm sorry were you speaking to me because every time i say i need your help you ignore my ass and pretend you're sleeping and i'm tired of your promises but apparently a solemn oath will work and then you have him giving the most obvious information it's morgana kill the bitch i told you that last week i told you that the week before i told you that six years ago (laughs) when you didn't even know who i was i whispered it in your sleep kill the bitch (laughs) oh so merlin is able to get some poison and he's very sad about the fact that because he really do think that for some reason he is morgana's friend because they know each other through magic but whatever he's all emotional as he has to watch her pretty much die in his arms and then where ghost burst in like what the fuck did you do to her merlin's like well you made me do what i had to do so stop it she's like you're just a servant how dare you bitch when did you start getting bougie <laughs> you on the run are you judging anyone right now then he says look i got the power right now you stop the attack and i will tell you the poison i gave her and she does just that when arthur busts into the room father or yeah his father's okay which is his main concern but then he's like morgana morgana cannot answer emma ghost and her morgana escape in a fucking tornado Uther later on I thought this was a good character moment for him because he's a good actor you don't see it very often in this show but I've seen him on other shows and he is a decent actor uh and he I like what he says to Merlin or to Arthur in this moment because that is his saving grace two things actually Uther for all he hates magic and he's a douche when it comes to I mean he has no tolerance for he's just this is his wall everything else about him says he's a good king and one of the actions is the what what he says about the herder the herders being superstitious uh arthur doesn't even like he everyone who comes to uther's court is heard right and then when you are heard he does reward you secondly like this man did not ask for anything from uther and he offered him a bed for the night and food from his kitchen going back a few other episodes when you know the taxation thing where he was taking everybody's money like uther's not a greedy king so everything we hear about camelot being this great kingdom is under uther the only thing uther has wrong for him is his absolute dislike of magic and depending on what side you are on history of course we're more empathetic to the magical creatures but you know let's not pretend like everyone had halos on them uther wants morgana back and doesn't blame arthur for her disappearance says that you know morgana's fate is on him and i and he knows more than what arthur does right he doesn't know that Morgos is morgana's half sister so this woman now has you know um her alone of course she's gonna tell her that <laughs> he also doesn't know about the conversation uther had with morgana earlier about the words that were exchanged he also knows that what Mergo said about arthur's birth is true so yeah you felt for the first time that uther was starting to understand 
holy shit, my actions may start to now come back to roost and it's going to come back in a way that's going to hurt me and damage me in a way that I deserve, but it's also painful, which is surprising because you would think he would write Morgana off, but he is genuinely concerned about her. And he also thanks his son, which is something we don't see him often do. Say, you know, I didn't thank you for all you did because it was just you and you really didn't try or didn't have to try as hard to save me, even though I'm your father. Still, it was basically certain death (laughs) or me. And I and now I think he's starting to see maybe I deserve this fate. Like I'm the karma's a bitch and karma's starting to come around and i think he is starting to understand that then we get the ending scene with merlin finally setting the dragon free it's like i made a mistake So the crystal already told us that this does not end well and that is where we are going to be on our season finale next week and then we'll be starting episode one as well so back to back it'll be nice to see a finale and then a premiere interesting to see how they play from season to season well those are my thoughts on the episode let's get into the feedback send feedback two ways you can send that via email to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com or you can send it via audio by going to your memo or recording device on your phone recording your thoughts in 10 minutes or less and sending it directly to the same email so that you can get your voice heard on the podcast like our next two feedbackers first up it's queen mimi what up stina um, I am recording from Merlin. Um, I believe it was season two, episodes 11 and 12. I'm literally in my car driving to work. I had the weirdest Saturday. Not quite as weird as yours. <laughs> Mine was just the way I was feeling. I honestly didn't want to do much of anything. I didn't feel like watching TV. I didn't feel like reading. I felt like sleeping, but for some reason I couldn't sleep. It was just, it was just peculiar. I, I was feeling very strange. I honestly can't even describe it. Um, sorry if you hear the clicking of my signal or the roaring of my uh, air conditioning. You probably hear a lot of sounds. I literally am in my car. Apologies. Um, I don't know if I was uninterested in these two episodes because of the way I was feeling or if it was more so just the episode itself. I honestly can't tell you. I do know that I like 12 a lot better than 11. I really don't even know what happened to 11. I noticed um, a couple of things that were interesting, like the little boy. I know his name's, I think it's Asa butterfield or something like that i know him more as a adult actor because he's in a show that i watched like called sex education on netflix um it's actually pretty funny um and i know i've seen him in other stuff so i know the little boy he looked very creepy in this show very very creepy i know that much um i also remember um morgana like dragging uther 
she called him something basically telling him he need to burn in hell i thought that was interesting i'd really tried to rewatch so that i could have a better understanding of the episode but i just couldn't focus it took forever for me to get through these two episodes so i figured i'd just watch it through if i paid attention i paid attention um i also feel feel like this episode was the beginning of the end for uther and morgana's relationship i remember that much she despises him and she wants to think he loves her but she knows that if he knew she had magic he wouldn't want anything to do with her he'd probably kill her and i wouldn't put it past him because we already know him to be a hypocrite about magic because it's literally the reason arthur is is even alive but he still keeps killing people because they have magic so he's clearly not trustworthy and i don't blame morgana for not trusting that he would still love her um okay so on episode 12 um i did like this episode towards the ending i'm not sure how exactly morgos cast a spell and i don't remember if it was morgana that actually did it or if morgos used morgana i don't remember how it is but i i just know that um they cast like a sleeping spell on like the whole camelot and it was starting to affect uh arthur and um uh, Merlin um, and then Merlin went to the dragon because that's all he knows what to do with the dragon is just to keep going to him for advice even though he don't follow through on his promise Um, the dragon must have been hit to his game because this time he was like fuck you I don't give a crap about you so you can go ahead and die for all I care and then he said well I swear on my mother's life and then the dragon must have realized okay he must be serious this time so he helped him and I was actually pretty surprised because when I heard the dragon say like you're gonna have to get rid of Morgana I was like Merlin not gonna do this there's no way so I was actually pretty impressed and surprised that he actually followed through with it um I do think that this might be the end of their relationship with Morgana like just in general because after somebody tried to kill me granted I get why he did it and it was the right decision one life for the many it made sense and he didn't have a choice but I don't think Morgana's gonna see it that way and it seems like Morgos like hates I don't know if it's just Uther or just all of Camelot so she's probably gonna I don't necessarily say want to manipulate Morgana but she's definitely gonna use that hatred to her advantage so I do think these next episodes are going to be interesting, especially considering that uh, Merlin just released a dragon and he seemed like he hate them. And I don't blame him. He's the last of his kind. It sounds like Uther basically killed them all except that one. I don't know why he left one dragon, but um, I don't want to be like you, Stina, and keep bringing up um, an episode of a show that nobody else watched. <laughs> but you (laughs) but I literally just finished the Game of Thrones and I will say one of the guys from episode 11 was in there I think he was uh uh Ned Stark's brother um Jon Snow's uncle pretty sure that was him I don't know his name I don't even remember the character's name but I know that was his face I'm very good with faces terrible with names um I did like the fact that it kind of paralleled with the last dragon because you know i don't want to i don't think shy is going to watch game of thrones but i don't like spoil it for anybody so i do think that that him being the last dragon and him being free is is what's going to happen in my mind is what's what should happen 
in um, at any show that there's only one dragon left. If it was me, it'd be payback time. Y'all, y'all gonna burn to death. I'm sorry. That's just how it has to be. You want to make my my whole creature, my whole species extinct? So now I'm gonna do it to you. But I'm petty, so there's that. Um, I think that's all I can remember for these episodes. Like I said, I'm sorry. I don't remember much of anything. It was just one of those days. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say, so I'm just going to go ahead and send this so that you get something. Um, So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. I see you wasting no time dragging me. I was like, I wish you would have heard my reaction when you was like, oh, I'm not going to be like you and mention people's name. I was like, oh, you know what? You know what? Fuck you. Okay. (laughs) TV is a community. It is meant to be correlated. The same actors. Okay, maybe not the same actors. But see, you knew Asa Butterfield was Mordred's name. That's the name of the, the bad little boy. And I could not, for the life of me, recall what his name was. But I have seen him in a lot of stuff too. And he is a good little actor. However, this was many years ago. Before he got that, damn, what is that name of that freaking movie? But, yeah. So, see, you put things together. You just don't watch the TV shows I watch. That's what. That's all that is. That is all that is. Um, Morgos did use Morgana uh because she remember she put her to sleep like i said he probably was like paying attention but it didn't all track which i get that i've been in those moods where i'm just like i don't want to do nothing i can't go to sleep i'm awake but i really don't want to look at a tv i really don't want to read a book i don't want to listen to podcasts i do want to do audio i don't want to do my dance things and you're just you're in a mood some people call that depression <laughs> i'm not a hundred percent if I want to buy that or if it's just you know because Monica also said it's just one of them days that a girl go through when she angry inside and she don't want to take it out on you and it's just one of those days don't take it personal I just want to be all alone (laughs) and that's uh that's all there is to it so um yeah so she did put her to sleep in the forest and made a spell around her took the little thing so they did show that she did indeed do a spell you mean uh with the dragon i'm with you on the dragon i'd be petty as fuck too like uther did kill his entire species and he kept the last dragon as he does with all of his i mean look at all the great purge where he killed all of the magical people but he's storing all that shit in the vault in the basement that's what he did to the dragon he kept him as a prize as a trophy and he knows that so yeah i don't expect uh things to go well next episode for camelot and where is his wrath going to be getting in because he may hate uther but uh or be down with arthur as to say but uther's still running things and he's been trying to get merlin to change the equation of that for quite some time so he could be like fuck you merlin i gave you all the information for two years now and i'm done so that is miss mimi's thoughts on the episode last but not least we have queen shy 
All right, Christina, I'm about to give you this Merlin feedback, but I will warn you in advance. I might go a little bit over. I mean, you wanted me to do two episodes in 10 minutes, and I'm going to do my damnness, but uh, yeah, I might go over a little bit. So, sorry. Anyway, I will do my best to make it happen. I'm just saying, forewarning, you know, all that good jazz. All right, so episode 11, and I will start off by saying, um, as you know, uh, I was in the military, I did many, many moons in the military, and so I was thinking about your podcast, I think it was your previous podcast when you were talking about how back in the day in the security, when I was going on about why isn't uh, there more security around author, and you were giving me your history lesson, which I enjoy because I definitely am not that in the know when it comes to history and stuff like that wasn't the strongest subject of mine so i mean anytime you you know spend some knowledge on that that's great but i will also just say you know as a military person just that kind of stuff just stands out to me and just like in this episode when you know author went into that camp and they just straight up went into the camp without, like, you know, looking at the surrounding areas to make sure that everything was clear, you know, before they walk in like that. Yeah, that drove me nuts. I'm not going to lie. Because I'm like, that, what is, where's the strategic, you know, maneuvers in that? You know, how about we look around? How about we make sure, because it looks like the camp was just abandoned, so... Yeah, how about watching your six? Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I mean, again, I know, I know, what, however it was back in the day, but that still stuff still drives me nuts. So you'll just have to forgive me if I keep bringing it up about security every once in a while. But yeah, that definitely, you know, raised my eyebrow. All right, so we get to see Mordred again. Um, he's teamed up now with Alvar. Um, and they come to the the palace to team up with Morgana to steal some crystal, which she does because we're seeing that Miss Morgana is slowly but surely going to the dark side. So surprise, surprise on that one. So she goes down and gets this crystal, which I am calling my precious. Because apparently it has the same um, type of lore as the uh, the ring in Lord of the Rings. Because, uh, you know, as we saw with um, Merlin at the uh, campfire, it was being drawn to it and its power. So, um, yeah, I, that's all I kept thinking about was my precious when, uh, <laughs> when he was uh, sitting there trying to resist touching the, the crystal. So we see Morgana is having some heart eyes, googly eyes moment with Alvar, who we see is using her because he has himself a little chick on the side somewhere. So not quite sure who she was. Did they even say her name? She was just there, you know, to, I guess, really hone in on the fact that he's using Morgana by, you know, kissing on this other lady. Um, so I don't know if she was just there. 
So this crystal is supposed to, again, you know, bring the, about the downfall of Camelot and Uther. And it doesn't work out. Shocker among shockers. Uh, we see some more of Arthur and Merlin's crazy dynamic. You know, Arthur fussing at Merlin about, you know, whatever he fusses at Merlin about. Oh, yeah, this time it was about, you know... You know, Gaius told Merlin the directions, and so, you know, when Merlin, when they come at that crossroads, he's fussing at Merlin about not knowing where to go. I'm like, dude, you know, I mean, it's not like he's got the firsthand knowledge. It's just, just stuff that he was told by Gaius. So, unfortunately, Gaius' directions probably weren't the best. So, you know, I know I know it's their thing, but sometimes authors fussing can get a little bit much. I will say I did side eye Morgana when she was rude to Gwen. I'm like, look, look, okay, now now mm, I know you going dark. I know you about to step onto the evil side, but you, you need to step off of Gwen with your rude ass. But anyway, just had to say that. So, in regards to this episode, I guess the biggest thing on this one was the fact that, you know, we're seeing Morgana going, you know, evil. That was the biggest thing and what was the catalyst to her going evil. I guess she was starting to feel some type of way about this dude and that was the final straw that broke the camel's back and pushing her over the edge. So, yeah, that look that she gave uther at the at the end there was yeah really telling and merlin saw the look so you know that would go into my episode 12 feedback you know because i mean i'm thinking that merlin is aware of the fact i mean he is aware because the dragon has told him and yet and i get that you know, he befriended her, he come to care about her, but at the same time, you see this woman is starting to do some shady stuff, she's, you know, acting a certain way, and in this episode, episode 12, you know that she's plotting to kill everybody, to take over Camelot, and yet you, I mean, at some point, you just gotta put on your big boy pants and, you know, do what you gotta do. Your destiny is to be by Arthur's side and ensure Arthur fulfill his destiny. And it's clear that Morgana, Morgana, sorry, was a threat to that. So I'm like, she, she don't give a, she don't give a shit. She, she's, she's in for the kill. She's out for the kill. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, again, I get the tug and, you know, the heartstrings. I mean, it's not like he's a cold-blooded killer and all that good stuff. But at the same time, it is clear she is out for the kill. I mean, everyone is out. They're plotting to take over. It is not a question of it. It's happening. So at this point, it's time to, you know, make some big boy decisions and take this woman out. I mean, you were warned about her. You were warned about Mordred. And yet you keep letting the blue eyes, I guess, you know, draw you in. I don't know. 
So, yeah, that reminds me, I think, yeah, from the other episode. Yeah, that was a very uh, ominous uh, <laughs> threat that Mordred had before he ran off. So, okay, I'm looking forward to what that's going to be about in the future. So, I'm hoping that, I'm sure it's going to get paid off. Um, I don't think this season, because I think we only got one more episode. So, I'm thinking next season, hopefully, we'll get some payoff on that look and that threat. So episode 12 had more ghosts um, coming back with her sorcery, this time with the Medir, the Knights of Medir, um, bringing them, rising them from the dead to um, assist um, in taking over Camelot. Another thing that I will say is kind of getting old is, you know, they go from, I guess the plot, it depends on what the plot demands. They go from not believing being paranoid about magic you know and everything's magic magic to you know in this episode author being flippant oh well yeah why is it magic why do you think it's magic i'm like hasn't it always been magic i mean at this point why is it out of the realm of possibility that this could be going on because of magic that something happening with some you know, area that hasn't been occupied in 300 years, and now there's smoke coming out. I'm like, is can it be in the realm of possibilities at least? Why do we have to just dismiss it? Why does he has? To, why does author have to be seen being so dismissive? Because it's not crazy. It's not a crazy concept that magic could be behind whatever is going on in that place. And so, I don't know. Anyway, um, then we got the fight scene with the knights and, and again, don't remember the name of the place. And so, in the, of course, this part right here reminded me of what Mimi said because I'm like, I had to raise my eyebrow at this one too because, you know, as they're fighting and, you know, him and Arthur and Merlin are trying to escape, you know, the knights, you know, trying to kill up everybody and... Merlin is right behind Arthur when he does his chant and then the the ceiling falls. So I'm like, I know damn well Arthur heard that because he was right behind him. And so that begs the question, like Mimi said, why can't he just look at it and then, you know, we see it in his head. I mean, not see it. We hear it in his head, but he's not singing out loud. I mean, wouldn't that, that would still be effective. You know, we see him do his weird stare with the eyes turning gold. And then in his head, we hear him say, you know, they they do that impression instead of him saying it out loud. Because that's, that is suspicious. I mean, that is weird. And then I'm like, you know, they go back to Camelot and then they're looking for Uther they go to the hall first. He's not there. And then I'm, then they're going, like, we got to find my father. So I'm like, if you're trying to find your father, why was the next stop Gaius, uh, you know, where Gaius and Merlin lives? Like, why would Uther be there? And then the next stop is Morgana's room. Like, why would Uther be there? Uh, wouldn't he, wouldn't the next step be to go to his chambers to see if he's in there? So that part didn't make any sense. Um, but okay. Um, I like that author questioned, you know, Morgana, why are you the only one, you know, awake and all that stuff. Of course, we got Merlin, you know, gaslighting author as usual, um, coming up with some excuse as to why she's not affected, which then again, you know, ends up backfiring because now he has to kill her because she's the reason 
um, that all of this is happening. That also reminds me of something that I, you know, maybe you can answer, Christina. Why doesn't Merlin wear um, gear when he goes out? He's the only one not in protective gear. I mean, I know he's not a fighter. He's not a soldier. But shouldn't he wear some type of protection? I mean, everybody else is. All the soldiers around him are. Arthur is. But he's the only one in his, you know, street clothes going to battle. Again, it's not like he's not, you know, they're going to go, oh, don't bother him. He's got on regular clothes. Bother the people with the armor. I mean, they still be trying to kill him. So, again, I ain't saying he needs to wear everything that Arthur's wearing, but I still think he should wear something. It's not like Arthur knows that he's going to use magic to get out of whatever uh, thing he gets into. So, please, help us to start with that one. I busted out laughing when Arthur went in there to try to wake up Gaius, and he did his little chant, and then Gaius, you know, sat up with that goofy looking grin on his face oh my gosh I laughed I'm not gonna lie I did Merlin and Arthur's uh you know dynamic in this one was you know their bromance was you know on point again you know I loved when um Merlin slapped him when Arthur was falling asleep and you know of course Arthur gets upset and he's like well don't fall asleep then so yeah that part was funny we see that Finally, we see that um, Arthur, I'm sorry, Arthur, Merlin releases the dragon and the dragon giving the ominous statement you will see, which obviously doesn't bode well for anybody. Um, So, yeah, that was, I mean, I figured something's going to go down with that, obviously. But, I mean, I understood, you know, he, he swore on his mom's life. So he had no choice but to keep his his part of the bargain, you know, for the information that he got in regards to Morgana being the source and him him having to kill her. So, yeah, but that's all I have for now. I'm way over. So, like I said, sorry, I I had a lot more to say, but I'm I'm going to stop. Because, you know, I know you probably, you know, sitting there rolling your eyes going, when is Heffa going to shut up? So, until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, shy. First and foremost, I was not rolling my eyes talking about Heffa uh, (laughs) shut up. Because I actually was not even paying attention to the... To counter. What was it? <laughs> I was just listening and enjoying some some snacks. So uh yeah, you did have a lot of good points in your feedback that I wanted to touch on, which was some of that I already did bring up in the actual podcast. It's funny how sometimes we have literally the same exact thought like what hold on bitch i don't care what you going through you don't talk rude to gwen <laughs> not to Gwenevale. um and then your points about why if you're looking for your father would you go to gaius's first then to morgana's i figured he took the the pit stop to morgana's because he saw that gwen was in the hallway and he was like well that cannot be born and had to get her to the closest bed he could find which would be morgana's if she would pass out by Morgana's room which kind of made sense but yeah I would think his 
father's quarters would be the first place you would check not Gaius's and then you did go to the like the throne room I get it but you don't I mean as you say go to the most natural place then work your way backwards okay what's the most likely to the least likely and we got basically the least likely to the most likely uh, some other points that you brought up about the military um, with history I was talking about the castle I am not at all at all defending about these camps because no camps should be and would have been back in the day protected by guards most people at least uh most travelers particularly were robbed on highways so being camped at night was a certain thing you did when you traveled and you to protect yourself you had to have a guard so no one finding merlin um maybe the second scene is the one where it was the setup so that made a little bit more sense to me that of course arthur and them would just go into the camp and it looked like everyone left but that's what they wanted them to believe so that was a trap but the fact that merlin was skulking around the fucking camp uh, no 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 someone should have seen him uh so no i will not and i totally understand you being from the military of course that would bother the living shit out of me it's like if they started talking about insurance or something that i am very well versed in i can't not see the obvious flaw there so yeah <laughs> I, I would with your experience of course you would be like these people are sketch i mean the fact that morgana leaves the castle then again see the cat i always go back to the castle because they're so fucking huge and it may it does make a whole lot of sense to me that bitches can be skulking around <laughs> everything outside the castle is fair game but uh what was else that you said that the the crystal <laughs> was like the the ring for all the rings that's a funny analogy but it does uh get me back to that scene that i did kind of gloss over was the fact that looking at this crystal is basically a temptation that you should not do so it's not encouraged and like all tales you don't look into the future it's not good because what are you going to do do everything you can to avoid the future instead of it actually happening and in this case you know Arthur sees what the future is and because Gaius is able to talk him down it plays out but I there is something there to the fact that there is this thing called the crystals it does allow for the person to see past present and future and that Merlin in particular is someone who can wield this now let's think about the person that Merlin is and think about how that can play into and I'm not I'm literally just not foreshadowing anything i'm just saying that is an interesting idea that they played with this episode of that there are things out there that can assist merlin in his quest after i brought up earlier that now that the dragon is gone brian got nobody to to bounce off any ideas and we all know that guy is ain't no fucking help so what and who could he possibly turn to to be a mentor to him or is this going to be a moment in which he can grow the fuck up and start jumping in all of those dusty ass books that have to have 
more knowledge than <laughs> the one tomb he has hiding in his room and we are all with mimi about arthur's um not arthur's merlin's chance i said the exact same thing in the podcast it it, it should be heard in his head i'm sure the showrunners 20 years later are like yeah that was fucking stupid but it is now well it's 11 years old at this point can't can't undo what is done because it doesn't change it doesn't and it is equally dumb every time it happens and uh, it's just one of those things that the show at one point tried to lean into but then when it started to get serious that's when it was kind of like guys come on (laughs) all it takes is a little line to say we're not doing that but you know how some people commit to something and they're like well we can't change it now because that's how we introduced it now how will people know if he's doing magic if he hears it in his head they're going to be like well why couldn't he do this all along fair point however i'd rather you have done it than continue to have the stupidity of him chanting right next to arthur's fucking ear uh what else did i want to oh you had a really good question about why is merlin there in manservant gear and not any protection so actually there is a real plausible reason for this and you kind of saw too in cursed a knight's armor is something that they have to literally win tourneys to continue it's very expensive the material is is very limited um getting a blacksmith to do it is a talent it takes a long time i actually watched a series on bbc about it takes like months to make their actual uh what do you call that their chain mail and then their swords and stuff like that like that it's a big deal to have those type of items and they were what separated you from a peasant who had like a knight uh, a sword versus a knight because he always had he was dressed in this whole elaborate getup. so the rest of the knights in the camp though serve the king and their knight in their armor is theirs none of them would have given up shit to protect the manservant of the king just would not happen Mm-mm nope because it's theirs and it's the only thing that they have a value and own a property it's that of significance of importance but not only that it comes back to the role that merlin plays he is manservant to the king so it's almost as if he's in another way the woman in the camp (laughs) And, and i know it's a shitty analogy but it is exactly what is wrong you're there to cook you're there to clean you're there to wipe the prince's ass you're there to serve the king uh, whether or not you're protected or not is at or not the king the prince is at pretty much the prince discretion and sure they could give him uh the, those type of things but it just w- it's not natural it wouldn't have been a natural transaction to have given a manservant or any servant anything like steel because also you didn't want to arm the masses if you arm the masses then they can rise up against you that's why they were able to subjugate uh peasants and stuff because they weren't armed they weren't they weren't uh given access those to those type of things that they can have like to protect themselves like a like a breast vest or whatever the case may be now the show could have just dipped over it and had merlin do that but 
I think the, the point of it, it was to try to continue to make sure that Merlin is kept in a, a him, him, humble position in this camp. And it's because of his humble position and, you know, his little kerchief and his thing that makes him such a makes him such a fond friend of arthur is that he is without anything able to or willing to risk himself once arthur puts himself in the line of danger because technically he does not he can go hide out somewhere um and he's to be in a sense protected more than uh, protecting anything and and that's fairly um like usually if you're thinking about manservants technically arthur would and i think they tried to play with this season one or merlin anyway would be a boy he wouldn't even be a grown-ass man he would probably be like 10 or 12 which is where most of the manservants would start out at that age or maidservants as well so yeah uh, I, that never ever bothered me that merlin did not have uh any type of protection and there are moments though if he needs to pick up a sword he'll pick it up you know he if he needs to do something in which to protect himself we've seen him do that and no one's taken offense at that so i think if it's necessary to be done he'll do it but he also puts himself in, in a in those positions that he doesn't have to be and that's what makes him someone to be admired not only just by arthur but by arthur's knights so hopefully that answered your question i love fucking history i particularly love british history that is my freaking jam <laughs> i actually have like four documentaries i just found on prime and i was like ooh, like i got excited like it was a halloween gift or christmas gift because halloween does not give gifts but they do give candy and it was like candy like candy all right well that is our episode for this week if you want to again send feedback you can send that to blackrocouch at gmail.com you can find this podcast black Girl couch reviews on podbean stitcher itunes spotify and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes and leave a review or rate the podcast it does help y'all be safe out there there was a thanos hand in the clouds It's crazy times. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black or magic.